Before I read Ephesians 4, I need to put us in context here. We've been going through 1 John, the letter of 1 John, and we've been looking at John's presentation that what he does, what God has done is to bring us into genuine light in his truth, genuine life, that is, as he lives in us and begins to, um, begins to show us what we are and show us what we need, and genuine love, that is, one of the capstones that John comes to is that as we, as we grow up, as we come to terms with the work that God is doing, we grow in love as a community. That is, we, the last passage we looked at in 1 John chapter 4 is that we're presented with a tapestry of love. There is love between one another. There is the mutual service to one another. There is the presence of God's love in us and among us. And so all of those things weave together to form the kind of community God intends, a restored community, a regenerated community, a new community in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I said at the close of last uh, of sermon two weeks ago was that we need to step outside of the letter of John and look at some of the things that Paul says with regard to what this life of love looks like so that we can see the particulars. We can see some of, as it were, I almost hate to use this word, the mechanics. The way in which, it, the way in which it's supposed to be lived out. And so that's why we are coming into Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at Paul's expression of what this kind of life looks like. What, kind of, what, does, this, what does it mean to be living this sort of life? <clears throat> So, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17 and going through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is God's word. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, you know what each heart needs. You know how, you know how to speak to us where we're at. We ask that you would take the word that you would illumine the page. We ask that you would illumine our hearts and our minds that we may understand. But more than anything, Lord, show us Jesus. And show us what our life can be like in him as we let him lead us and live in us. These things we ask in his name. Amen. Look, Papa. Granddaughter number two came spinning into the room, arms outstretched 
flying around in circles, and I said, oh, you're twirling. She stopped dead in her tracks. She put her hands on her hips. She looked at me, and she scowled, and she said, no, I'm new. Look at my boots. She had these new red cowboy boots that matched her red cowboy hat and the red bow in her hair, and she just felt totally like a new person. She was twirling and spinning around and just enjoying it. And, I, and I, you can't help but look at that and say, oh my goodness, you know, it's amazing how much new clothes actually make us feel like new people. Some of us probably remember some piece of clothing we got when we were in high school and we said, all right, now I am with it. People are going to love me for this. I remember a couple of shirts like that. But it's amazing how clothes can actually change how we perceive ourselves and how other people perceive us. Take a look at a guy who maybe has walked through life with slumped shoulders and not very much interest in himself. Put a military uniform on him and watch the change. Clothes can actually shape how we think about ourselves. Clothes can make us view ourselves differently, something different from wearing civilian clothes or the same old clothes. What John has been talking about in terms of love in a community, Paul speaks in this passage about putting on new clothes, as it were. Paul here says, now that we are participants in this spiritual life, then what we need to do is to put on new clothes. We are to no longer walk as those people who didn't know Christ or who don't know Christ, which is so easy to do, and to not walk in the vanity and the futility of their own thinking. He says this as an imperative. Listen to this. Now this I say to you and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. It's a must. If we really belong to God, we must do this. And so it's really easy to slip into a conformance to our surroundings, conformance to a community, to the expectations of the crowd. Because we don't really, really want to stand out. We don't really want to look that different. And yet, when we put on new clothes, isn't that what we're doing? We're attempting to say, I I want to look different. I want to look better. And Paul's saying, you need to look different. You need to not live in the way that these Gentiles do. And he uses Gentiles here in the sense of those people who are outside of the community of faith. In the, he's speaking using Jewish language, but he's getting the point across that we're, we're not to live like those who are outside the community of faith, but like those who are inside the community of faith who have had the light shed abroad in our hearts and the light shed abroad in our minds that we, may, that, that we may know God, that we may know God's truth, that we may have the knowledge of God. <clears throat> and so he says, this is absolutely key. You must not, no longer walk as the Gentiles do. If we're really forgiven, if really forgiven of our sins, 
We can't any longer walk in those sins and feel right. It, because that's not fellowship with God. That was the point that John was making. That's the point that Paul makes. If, we're really, if we've really come to taste of spiritual life, the new life in Christ, we cannot return to the mud and wallow in the mud as though it's normal. Our sins have been forgiven. And from that point forward, we need to understand that life is to be lived at liberty from those sins as much as possible now. I'm sorry you missed Sunday school because we spent a full hour talking about this and this progressive nature of growing up in Christ. But right here turns out to be one of the first steps in this. And if we're really going to love one another as people, then this is where we begin. We need to put on new clothes. We need to take off old clothes and put on new clothes. Jesus Christ does come to save sinners, but that salvation has an active working in our lives from the rest of our lives forward. So, when we say this, the first thing you must do is throw those old clothes away. What are those old clothes? Listen to what Paul describes these old clothes are. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. We have to throw off a hard heart. The Lord has given us new hearts. That was the point of the reading in Ezekiel, where the Lord says, I will put my spirit within you, cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, so that we may know the Lord. That's our salvation. It's not merely the forgiveness of sins. It's being given a new nature, being given new life. And so we put, on, we put off those old clothes of a hard heart, a callousness. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. This is a day and an age when we are called to come indulge in the impurity in our cultures. There are so many things that can distract us from a holy life. There's so many things that can appeal to us from really walking with the Lord, because walking with the Lord can be costly. It can cost us family members, people who would be offended by us because we're now holier than they are. Even though we may not present that kind of an attitude, there is some sense about what our motivations are, what our pursuits are, what our interests are. And if they don't have an interest in the Lord, that will offend them. We may face the loss of opportunities. But we have to let those things go so that we don't give ourselves up to sensuality and greedy to practice every kind of impurity. We have learned Christ a new way. Christ has taught us to leave those things behind and to follow hard after him, to walk with him all our days. So, the old nature, as Paul puts it here, needs to be put off. 
It needs to be put off. In verse 22, he says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. My dad was a mechanic. He was a really good mechanic. He always surprised me in some of the things he could do, things that I never really expected, but he never worked on the car without putting on these overalls. They covered them completely. He had the symbol of the company that he worked for sewn on the back. I never really understood that, except he just maybe had a loyalty to the company. But he would go for weeks working on cars and never change overalls. And they would get greasy and grimy, and they would wind up with tatters in them. And they would, they would, he would catch them on the machines and whatever else he was working on. And finally, they just got disgusting, and they were smelly. And I remember my mom coming into the garage, and she walked through the side door of the garage, and in the corner of the garage were all the, all the overalls, right? And I, it began to emanate an atmosphere, and so she turned the corner, she looked, and she said, Bud, that was she called my dad, Bud, these are going. She grabbed them, and she walked out of the garage, and she set them on fire. <laughs> that was it. Dad had to find a clean pair of coveralls to put on to work on the car. But the point being that it was something that had to be gotten rid of, and that's what we are called to do. We are wearing, or we have worn, the old coveralls, the old clothing of the old life, a life which was marked by immorality, a life that was marked by selfish passions, a, mark, a life that was marked by um, evaluating people according to standards that don't make any sense, that aren't really the way that the Lord evaluates us. Paul says this, we know that the old self was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So, what are these things that belong to the old nature? He says this in Galatians, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, Sorcery, which is special knowledge through the use of drugs, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That's part of the old life. And you know, we have to acknowledge that some of these things still arise in our hearts. It doesn't matter how long we've been working, walking with the Lord. Some of these things still arise in our hearts. And they must be put off. They must be dealt with. They must be resisted. Romans 8.13 says this, Put to death the deeds of the body. Colossians, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. There are passions and and. and Uh, senses of envy and division, sensuality that need to be killed in us. And the way we do it is we turn to the Lord and we say, Lord, this is an enemy that is threatening me. 
I, I don't want to have to deal with this. Kill it in me. Kill it in me. As we saw this morning, Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give us all things with him? If we really love Christ, and we ask God to kill the passions in us that are, that are wicked, God will kill them. Maybe slowly, but he will get rid of them. He will drive them out. Well, that's the first part. If we really want to love one another, we've got to be willing to kill those old passions, those things that would divide us off from one another. If we really want this tapestry of love that John talks about, we need to put off the old nature so that it doesn't become dominant in how we deal with one another. The next thing is, verse 23, he says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds. There is a verse in the Proverbs that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What goes on in our hearts? A lot of times we don't want to be alone or quiet because we're afraid of what we're going to find rolling around inside of us. But we need to see those things and we need to face them down. We need to confront them because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There are things that we think in our heart And we need to have our minds renewed. You need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and your thought life. I said this morning in Sunday school, I repeat it here, I'll repeat it a dozen times. You are a steward over your imaginations and your thoughts and your mind, both what goes into it and what comes out of it. How are you feeding your imagination? There's a doctor that I knew in St. Louis who used to have a Bible study in his home, and after the third Bible study at his place, I was starting to look around, and on every wall, in every room, he had paintings, beautiful paintings, of all kinds of animals and birds, tiny things ranging from field mice on up to Peacocks onto lions and leopards everywhere. He had paintings, originals. And I said, What is this about? And he said, It is for me to confront myself all the time with the beautiful things of creation. I have to do that, otherwise, my mind wanders. He was a steward over his own imagination and a steward over his own mind, and he made a practice of putting things up that would draw him in that direction, in the the direction of beauty. Now, some people post scripture. That's helpful. God has given us more than scripture, but scripture certainly helps. And so posting scripture in key places, sometimes posting a quote that will drive you to Christ, or a piece of a poem. But anything that will stir your imagination unto holiness and holy thoughts, we need to renew our minds. 
Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What if we actually put a listing of things that actually were characterized or that were characteristics of love? Bear all things. Bear with the complaints of my neighbors. Bear with their really loud music on Saturday night. Bear with their way in which they uh, leave their trash cans out. Bear with them and the weird hours they keep. What What if we did that? We would start thinking differently about how we would interact with our neighbors. Because, the, because we would have a guide, a standard. Um, believes all things. You know, what, what do we really think about the people that we are with? What do we believe about them? What do we believe about what they believe? Do we believe that they have some good things they hold on to, but maybe need a better knowledge of Christ? Or they've got a good knowledge of Christ, and they have to learn some other things in order to be set free even further. There are so many ways in which we could do this. That's just, those are just suggestions, examples. But <clears throat> the Lord does not work in a vacuum. He doesn't say, cast off the old life and kill it, and then don't put anything in its place. He doesn't say that. But many of us want to work in a vacuum. We want our maturity to be magic, that it just happens. No, it requires thought. A plan sometimes, and then effort. Deuteronomy says, Lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking about them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. Young people, sometimes you just need to grab mom and dad by the hand and say, Would you just... Walk with me and tell me what you've been learning about Jesus. That's okay. Because what it does is it keeps the right things before us. The things you read, the music you immerse yourself in, the conversations you participate in, all of these impact the habitat of your mind, the habitat of your thought life. And therefore, renew your mind. Sometimes it's the, you know, reading a good book on the Lord's Day. When you've got a refreshing day of rest in front of you, grabbing a good book and reading about perhaps a biography, reading about uh, a missionary, reading about people who have served faithfully in the church. So put off the old man, which belongs to your former manner of life. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Clothe yourselves with the new man, the one who is made like Christ. This is how we will really build a community of love. To be clothed with the new man as Christ is is making us, the, the one that's made like Christ. 
You see, the original holiness and qualities that we had when we were first created were lost at our sinning. And as I showed in the illustration last week with the glass of water and the drop of India ink in the water, there's a corruption that enters in and it stains things and it doesn't change. But once we are made new, then whatever was bent, whatever is broken, the Lord is replacing with himself. This idea of putting on the new man has this idea of sinking into a garment. That is, having a thing that's already got a form and a shape, and we settle into it, we sink into it. The verb here is the middle voice. It means that we partly do it ourselves, and God partly does it in us. But we do have a part in it. Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 10, put on the armor of light. Ephesians 6.14, put on the breastplate of righteousness. These are conscious activities. We have to say, I will do this today. But as we do it, the Holy Spirit applies it to us. I will put on today the breastplate of righteousness so that temptations will bounce off. And that means when a temptation comes, you remember you have a breastplate of righteousness on. It's conscious. We do it. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Put on love. I've heard people say, you know, fake it until you make it. I'm not sure I like that. I don't want to fake Christian virtues. That's a, that's a great path toward hypocrisy, don't you think? But you know what? Strive to do the thing, and if you fall down, acknowledge it, stand back up, and strive further. That's not faking it till you make it. That's doing it until you flag. And then ask the Lord to give you strength where you stand up, and then you do it more. Christ will do this in you. As you step back and you ask, Lord, create in me those things that are beautiful to you. He will do it. That's the power of his cross. It's not just the removal of the the penalty of sin. It is that he will create in you those qualities that he thinks are beautiful. It's one of the reasons why in the book of Hebrews, the the closing benediction says that God will equip us with everything good in his sight. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him, and he will equip you for all of the things that he thinks are beautiful. He will equip you. It's his his calling, it's his purpose, it's his plan to transform you in grace. Do you want that? It's available to you. You are clothed with Christ, and you are made beautiful with his beauty. You are made lovely with his loveliness. You must feel the arms of your Lord who loves you wrap around your shoulders with his tender care, a robe of white linen threaded with gold, a robe of righteousness and love. When you get up in the morning, put on Christ and the new self. When you go out to lunch, put on Christ and the new self. 
When you go to bed at night with your pajamas, put on Christ. Put on Christ in every aspect of your life at every moment of the day. Ask him to fill you with himself and to create and produce in you those things that he thinks are beautiful. And if we really look at the Gospels, we will see that there's great loveliness in him, and he never did anything that was foul. Put off the old man. Be renewed in your mind. Put on the new man, which is being made like Christ. Live at liberty and live in great fruitfulness and love. Let's pray.